You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris, and you're listening to a podcast that believes in dreams, that places trust in the magic of imagination, that is always the first star to the right, and where the light in the window is always on. Join as we discuss the views from Walt's apartment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Walt's Apartment Podcast. Um, I'm so excited. We have a, another another special guest, another special interview with us here. Um, we have Sam with us. Sam, how are you? I am fantastic. Good, good, good. Lewis, how are you, sir? He's muted. You're muted. You're Bro, muted, your yo. mic is muted. muted. Yo. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always in the key moments, too. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm very thankful to be here, and I'm ready to get this started. Lewis is on a high right now from from our last interview. We did an interview like three days ago. Three, or I'm sorry, I didn't. You and Nicole did it with Joe Kaminsky, um, artist, Disney artist as well. So we're just we're bringing this stuff out. But what brings us to our next awesome guest that Sam has said. For I have to, I've known Sam for three years now, and I think Sam has mentioned Gilbert to me for the past three years, and uh, I'm so excited that we finally get to do this. Um, Gilbert Lozano, artist, Disney artist, sculptor, welcome, sir. How are you? Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm blessed, and I'm being holding on, staying creative, and thank you. I'm very honored to be here. So thank you. Absolutely. I, 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 a little disclosure here. Um, we, we're recording on a Sunday afternoon. I thought you guys were already doing the show. And then Sam says, go ahead and start the show. And I didn't realize that the first hour you guys have been talking just about stuff. So that's awesome. So we have a lot of added bonus content we can put out there and stuff with, with Gilbert's permission. But I'm going to turn it over to Sam because this is Sam's, Sam's, uh, person that she got for us. And she came up with the questions and, um, Go ahead, Sam. We'll, we'll, we'll tag along. I thought you guys asked all the questions already. I apologize. <laughs> we have not. Let's go. When you have people who just have a common love of Disney and art, magic just happens. So we've been mm-hmm. having a great conversation. Perfect. So yeah. first question I want to ask is how did you get started in art and sculpting? You started as a painter. We know that. But like, what led you into art and then... How did that connect you into the opportunities that you had with Imagineering? Well, you know, as a, at a young age, I, I won't go back to, I won't, I won't make this a three-hour interview. <laughs> but I will say this, I, I just love working with my hands. I, I thought they were just, it was just the connection, uh, whether it was paint or clay. Um, at a very young age, you know, I was creating things. I was making things and drawing and sketching and uh working with clay and the day that I knew I actually had talent as a child was a day um, I made my favorite thing was a, a, a skull and white clay was a, you know, they remember back in the day they would you make something in, in water clay and they would fire it for you there on in the school. Well, I and made in this the kiln. Little, in the kiln. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, 
I felt that a skull was the coolest thing. So I, I, I sculpted it and it, you know, I, it looked great. They put it in the kiln and brought it back to me, all our, everybody's sculptures in the classroom. And it was, it was bone white. It was just amazing. It looked, I was so happy. I'm like, this is good. This looks so cool. This is like a car that went to show my mom and my dad and, and I take it home. So Reese's comes along and, 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 and we come, we come back to the classroom. And it was stolen. And I said, they stole my skull, or my sculpture. I cried, and the, little, and the teacher was hugging me. Oh, Gilbert, I'm sorry. We'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm like, never saw it again. But I, I said to myself, well, you know something? If it was, if it was worth stealing, it might have had some value. So, um, but yeah, so I started, I I I hear that as a kindergarten teacher and I'm like, I can just see this and hear this conversation and like feel the teacher's guilt and your sadness. It was real. It was real at the time. It's funny because I think about it like, well, yeah, that did hurt. But I, but I grew up and I got over it (laughs) and made more skulls and did more art. But no, I, I just, uh, uh, I didn't go to art school because I was already doing the work. I got hired on sculpting for um, basically for zoos and museums, uh, artificial animals, uh, creating, you know, little props for them. Uh, in fact, the uh, sea anemones, uh, the ones with the long tentacles, uh, I developed the first sculptures that actually got, were able to be actually got them to work in a mold. And it's kind of cool now. You see them in uh, Finding Nemo ride, and you see them in the Disney Springs. You see them in the restaurant, the T Rex restaurant. They're all over the world. The T Rex restaurant. I said to myself, I developed these like what forty years ago, and here they are. And uh, it's really exciting. When I was at Disney Springs at the restaurant, I'm like, wow, these things hold up. You know, <laughs> no. What happened was that you know we uh, once we developed it, you know, other companies. Get the idea, but I think when I when I went when when the one actually located at Disney are my original sculptures, which is really cool. Um, they they didn't know it at the time, but so um, I started as a, you know as a sculptor, mold maker, and uh, everybody wanted my sculptures. Just every company I worked for, I didn't, I couldn't take time to go to school. I regret that now. Because school is, is especially getting a, I mean, I miss not having a mentor. Imagine not having a mentor to teach you something in school. It's, it's almost, you know, I hear a Josh Stedman, whom I, who I absolutely love. And he t- always talks about his wonderful mentors. And I just start crying because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want it one too. Um, but no, but let me, let me rephrase that. The, my mentors were the people doing the work. Years doing the work from Disney to the movie industry, uh, James Kegel, who's one of the best uh, sculptors in the, in the Hollywood uh, industry, uh, Larry Nikolai, uh, uh, Brian Jowers, uh, uh, Scott Goddard. Uh, these are all masters at what they do. And they taught me just, you know, watching. Uh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget the, the lessons I learned that I that an eight-year college degree would never, there would have been benefits, but I was on boots on the ground uh, and excited to learn because I knew I needed to learn. I knew I wanted to hone my skills because they were rough. You know, I was taking a block of foam 
They said, make it into this. And I go, okay, I get my tools and I start ripping and ripping, carving, sanding and carving. Then here it is, done. And But then uh, Dan O'Quinn on the movie industry says, Carol, let me show you something. And he showed me how you can do a profile, bandsaw it out, then the front view, bandsaw it out. And he got it done in two hours, something that would have taken me a day. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've never seen that before in my life. And yet he showed me how to hone a skill. I already knew how and just improve it. So as far as going to college, I wish I did still sometimes because it looks great in a resume. <laughs> you know, I graduated high school. Oh, really? Oh, that's, well, you know, that's great. <laughs> but but so, no, I, I that was my career, you know, just uh, hands-on training, hands-on just being under the stress of, hey, make Lumiere. Hey, make Figaro. You know, hey, you have to make these, you know, five-foot spoons or uh, or Ariel or, you know, all these uh, characters that I just had to get get it done. You didn't have time to say, if you if, if I was faltering, go get the next person. That never happened to me. They kept me and uh, very have a, a wonderful, exciting moments in my life is the WDI and, and the adventure that uh, I, I learned and what I learned there, you know. Um, if you're not going to believe this, I, I, I'm just going to throw this in for extra content, but I'm actually an introvert. I actually, um, I was terrified to talk to people, terrified to be in public, terrified. Oh, yes, Lewis, that's funny. No, absolutely. I just couldn't, you know, this having a conversation, uh, I, I probably would stutter a lot, especially if I got nervous and I start um, but working with warm people and even the hard ones who hard people could actually hone you, believe it or not. It's like, you didn't like it at the time, but those people, even the hard ones taught me. And I think I am the man today and the artist I am today. And I can do, there's no, I still believe even with all the computer technology there is today, I still believe that there's no challenge that I cannot do. Like, there's nothing I still can't, I can still create it. Even if I have to be like um, uh, Mark Davis and say, "Here's a watercolor. This is this is I can't give you a computer graphic design, but here, here's a watercolor, and this is this is how the road, the ride vehicle flows. This is where this is the show set. You know, uh, I'll get my my blue pencils and uh, I'll, I'll start like sketching ideas. Like this is my my Jaguar, uh, you know, uh, illustration here, trying to get. Okay, that's the way it'll be like a Jaguar temporal or a space girl here. And, and, you know, simplifying, see, because I believe it comes from the original idea, the original concept. Let me know if I'm going too long here on your question. No, you're fine. Oh, no, you are perfect. Um, actually, what you just said reminded me of what Walt wanted when he was looking for his animators. Absolutely. He's like, bring a live deer into the studios yes. and like... Yes. Let's look at how it moves so that we can get the authentic animation for it. Um, Absolutely. Were you with Garner Holt Productions before you were with WDI? I was his lead sculptor for almost ten, almost a decade uh, because he, he was having trouble back then finding a, a portrait sculptor who can get the likeness, who can get a, the biops. You know, they had a other sculptor there at one time. He sculpted Elvis, and he looked a little Chinese. And the Elvis did, not the sculptor. <laughs> but uh, but so he, he went through a slew of, of sculptors trying to get, you know, trying to 
get the best fit. And finally, I, you know, I, I sculpted a product. It's funny, you're not going to believe this. I was actually living still here in Arizona 20 years ago. And I, um, he commissioned me, I forgot how we contacted each other, but to do Marlon Perkins, Mutual of Omaha's uh, Wild Kingdom, it was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Just like, well, he was like, my next Walt was Marlon Perkins. And so um, I sculpted his portrait and they loved it. And I brought it into his the company and he offered me a job. They said, would you like to do this full time? I would love to have you. And it was a big thing for me because it's like, wow, you really, I did it in my own studio here. Um, but uh, yeah, for almost a decade, I sculpted a lot of characters. And in uh, fact, it's a good question, Sam, because uh, if I had not worked for Garner Hole Productions, I never would have met any of the Disney art directors. Yes, I was gonna. I was thinking that like so many um, Imagineers actually got their start with Garner Holt Productions, and a lot of them even have gone back to Garner Holt. So, um, yeah. uh, Phil Privatier, Privatier, do you know him? He worked on Toontown. He he was mm-hmm. a creative director for that. The, we, the Italian Stallion. Um, a big Italian guy. He loved me. I love the guy because I would big Toontown his... fans over here. Big oh, I love, yeah, Lewis is he does not love Toontown. Absolutely. Yep. I, I have my. Uh... <laughs> I was at Disney Springs uh, a few months ago, so I made sure to buy me my uh, my Jessica Rabbit uh, uh, pin here. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm a Jessica Rabbit fan, so yeah, I know. Don't don't Thanks. tell Thanks. don't tell uh, Roger Rabbit that. But uh, oh, look at bad. that! Oh She's my goodness! Bad. Look at that! Wow! Yeah, isn't that a pretty? Isn't that a beautiful pin? You know, I, I I absolutely loved it. It's just it's oh, dang. it's you know what I call that? I, I call so this is what I, that's what I love. For those I of love, you not watch who can't see the video, I have the exact same pin on my pin board next to me. So we just pulled yeah. up the same pin. I have I have one Jessica Rabbit pin, but I don't know if it's camera friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, only we can oh, see it. Only we can <laughs> see it. So. I, was, I was just going to say, isn't it just beautiful, innocent fun? Uh, but that—that that was my. There is a dark market for Disney pins. I, yeah, I got—I I got this pin. Uh, it was a, a commission. They couldn't pay, so I'll like, give you all uh, one of each of my pins. I'm like, sure. So here it is. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that is not camera friendly, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe that is like Discord friendly. I don't don't even know about that. Dang, Lou. Lewis. Yeah, I I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't wear that at Disney Springs. No. (laughs) That is not a pin trading pin. No, that's not a (laughs) dope. It sits on the pin board way at the top of my ceiling just so they're there. And uh, yeah, this artist that created these. Has a whole line, and I'm like, ah, I remember opening them. My wife's like, you bought those? I was like, no, it was a trade deal. It's all. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yes, there is that part of the universe that we will probably not venture in. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you were meeting art directors at Garner Garner Holt Productions, and then how did that lead you into your first job with uh, WDI? That's that's this is one of my favorite parts of my life, you know. Uh, Valerie Edwards, by the way, which I didn't mention yet, uh, she, uh, I think I don't know, maybe I mentioned that to her uh, to you before. Uh, yeah, you and I have talked about Valerie Edwards, but uh, the boys don't know about Valerie Edwards, so go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I don't like to sound like I'm repeating myself because I get it never comes quite up. Never it's like telling a joke twice. 
which I hate to do. That that's something. Oh gosh, that's my worst nightmare. Anyway, no, but it's such a lovely story, and it, it's very brief. <laughs> but you know, I was told Valerie Edwards was coming in the Garner Hall Productions because we're working on the Nigel puppet for uh, uh, this is like a traveling little dancing show all over the country. It's a big submarine finding Nemo. And they needed an animatronic puppet to sit on top of it. And I was charged to go, you've got to create the animated puppet. You have to do the original sculpture. I wasn't an animator, but I had to understand what animation is. Like I mentioned earlier, um, it has to, well, there's going to be a robot inside. So I had to, they gave me drawings. There's this Nigel. And they're very, you know, just, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I'll make it, you know, and I make it and, and uh, but you know, Disney has a very strict with their angles and their points and reference. You know, uh, they said Valerie Edwards is going to come in here, Gilbert. She's going to she here. She's a tyrant. She's a very yeah. She's she knows she's been known to throw things. <laughs> they were scaring me. My my coworkers were scaring me, and I'm like, you know, thanks, guys. She's going to come in today with her uh, with her team. That and Larry Nikolai was with her that day. So she comes in there, and she's, by the way, she's a beautiful woman, blonde and whatever. She, you know, I, I saw her, and she looked like a movie star, and I'm thinking, oh, she doesn't look, you know, unless she's Cruella de Vil or something, but she's, she looks very gracious and very nice. And um, I, I, I don't know, I, 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 I associate with appearance. I'm sorry, that's because I'm an artist, I'm visual. Uh, I know people, anyway, I was just said, oh, she's a very pleasant looking woman, and I was very happy to, to say hello. and. But I was scared. I was trembling. I didn't realize how much I was trembling. And it's funny because I'm a grown man, and I've I have done countless projects that were difficult, impossible to do. And this is just a puppet and a cartoon character, Nigel, who was cute, you know. But you know, everything had to be perfect. But anyway, I love I love what happens next. Oh, do you really? It's so sweet. Uh, Tell me if I leave anything out, because I hope I'm not forgetting by this time. But no, no, no. I I was, uh, uh, you know, I was like with my with my sculpting tool. I was trying to point at something on the on the sculpture and my hands, my my tools shaking, my fingers, my hands were shaking. And I literally she's standing, she's watching me all the time. She's watching me. She's kind of smiling, but not saying much. And uh, and I'm shaking. My hands are shaking. I finally have to put my tool on the sculpture so that my hand will be steady. Valerie Edwards gets very close to me with a wonderful, I mean, I literally felt her warmth. Okay. <laughs> and she says, you know, Gilbert, it's beautiful. Uh, it's, it's what we want. Watch your angles here because she mentioned another, I can't remember the other person she mentioned. It might've been uh, Dave Bosser. It might've been him. Uh, He's good on the angle. He's very he's very critical of angles. So make sure you got not the back of Nigel's Nigel's head has to be on this slant. That his neck has to swoop this way. Oh my goodness! When she did that, though, I felt like I said I've known her all my life. She treated me like a human being, um, and she was wonderful. She was warm, literally. <laughs> such a trust me. Story. It was that body contact. I mean, she literally put her body near so close to mine that I, I felt her next to me like a friend, like a dear friend. And I'm like, wow, Valerie. From that day forth, I was, you know, I was, I was kind of spitting. But, <laughs> you know, but I made sure to make her happy and give her everything she wanted here in the sculpt. She loved it. And uh, Larry Nikolai, who was 
who wasn't the main art director at this time. He was in the background watching. Um, this is key, though. This is how I made friends unintentionally. You know, I, I wasn't trying to get anything. This is, this, this is important to, for everyone to know. People know when you're trying to get something from them. Mm-hmm. When you're not trying to get something from them, then there's, it's something fresh in the air. There's, a, there's an innocence, if you will. Like, to me, they were special people. They were from Disney. They were one, to me, they're, you know, wow, these are really wonderful. They're the art directors from Disney. But, you know, something, not one thought in my head ever came to my mind saying, you know, I think I'm going to friend, befriend them so that they can give me a job someday. And it's like that never came to mind. All I wanted to do was please them. And I worked hard to do so. And my record says everything. Yeah. You were like, these are creative people and I just want to be seen by them. Like I, I want to, you know, be like, this is what I do. Look, I mean, kind of like, yes, kind of like when kids like draw a picture and then they're like, mommy, look, like you're like, look, see me. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, right? Yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta lie, don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit seriously. Well, our conversation before we started, you know, I'm amongst creatives. I'm amongst. Mm-hmm. I, I'm your friend. I'll do anything for you. You know, you need a hundred bucks. Hey, I'll get it. You know, you know, I'll, 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 you know, we're friends now. We understand each other. We, we share the same joys and the same depressions, the same, you know, we, we have this very similar. We'd be surprised how similar we actually yeah. all are. But, you know, to me, they were just creatives and, uh, and I loved them. And uh, as time carried on, we did more contracts, came through the company, through Disney. I got to know them more and more. And I got to be candid. I got to start joking with them and be candid with them, especially with Larry. Um He's just such a he's such a great guy, uh, Larry Nicolai. I'll never forget him. Um, he ended up kind of becoming your mentor. Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. And we both have a love for mermaids, mm-hmm. but also a love for Art Nouveau, which is you know his. He loves the style. In fact, it, well, I'll get to that in a minute. If I don't, well, I'll forget. Um, I had to train another director when I was in Shanghai to learn. He didn't know anything about Art Nouveau. And he was from England. His name was Cornelius. Josh liked him a lot. He was a good-looking guy. You know, he was like six foot tall, had a, a lovely wife and a child. But um, he uh, was such a – Cornelius, such a gracious, gracious guy. And I miss I – miss, this is what breaks my heart. I miss people when I don't see them again. I really miss them. Anyway, but he needed to learn what, what's Art Nouveau. And I had to explain mm-hmm. to him, why did I know this? Larry Nikolai taught me this. Says Gilbert, Larry told me this. Art Nouveau is a balance. It's a balance of lines. It's a balance. You know, the, each line, like when you do a, a frame, doesn't have to be exactly mirrored. It just has to be a balance. As long as it's a balance of weight, 
And you know, you, you know what I'm talking when I say art, but to those curved lines mm -hmm. and fluffy floral things, all, as long as it's balanced, then, you know, so I was teaching him this principle because Larry Nicolai taught me that. And, uh, and he, and then he finished off the restaurant, really beautiful, amazing restaurant there in Shanghai uh, at Disney resort. But, uh, Okay, I lost my thought as far as where where, where, where was that? <laughs> okay, we're 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 still getting to know art directors. Yeah. Well, um, I was just going to say that's uh, unfortunately with Garner Holt things have sort of um, slowed down drastically. You mm -hmm. uh, I was the I was a high paid item, and I was there for almost a decade, and so I'm like, uh, you know, Garner's getting nervous, you know, paying bills, that kind of thing, and um, it was. Yeah, a friend of mine, she, uh, Kelly Richards, she said, Gilbert, I have a big sculpting project for a video game convention, and we're doing these big kind of cool characters. Would you like, can I borrow you for two weeks uh, from Garner Holt? I was sweeping the floor at Garner Holt, okay, so it was really slow. And and so she said, I said, well, let me talk to Garner. Let me see, you know, because I'm tell, I'll tell I'm just sweeping the floor here anyway. And, yeah, for, I'll only be gone for a couple of weeks. Maybe something will show up after a couple of weeks. So and we did these video game characters, which are really cool. These E3, D23, kind of like, you know, the show show floor characters. And then we sculpted them by hand. There was no milling, no. We were using hot wires and rakes and tools and all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's exciting so, for you. So it was then. I'm too old. Not, now. Yeah, not as much now. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was it, exciting. It was, it was, it was, you know, it, it, once again, I have to jump in a project that I've never done before. And I said to myself, you know something, Lord, you've get, you've got me through so many projects that I've never done before. And they always come out successful. And, and so I don't want to take the credit for that. I'm going to just say the Lord, he graced my life where he blessed me to the point where I always get a buy off. And Well, at this particular time, I left for two weeks. I had a great time. That's how I met Daniel Quinn, the one who taught me new skills I didn't have. Wonderful man. Another wonderful person. Trust me, I love people. I really do. Even though I get cranky if I don't have coffee, you don't think I love people. It's not true. I do love people. But the, <laughs> I think so we, are, I <laughs> we are all the same way. Well, at least I know yeah. I am. <laughs> no, it's, it's important. It's important because they really do pull you up when you need to be. And uh, people and, and dear friends who know you say, Kimber, what's wrong? You know, how can I help you? You know, so um, anyway, so I come back after two weeks. I had a great time. And Garner, in fact, uh, I got a call and they said, Gilbert, don't come in. It's too slow. We're just going to shut down for a while. So don't, don't come in. And I, okay, you know, so we're so horribly slow. And uh, I, okay, I got it. So a few weeks go by. How's it going? Oh, we're still terribly, horribly slow. And I'm like, okay, something's up. <laughs> so um, I realized I didn't have a job and I needed to work. And so I remembered Larry Nikolai through LinkedIn. He accepted my invitation. And, on, and by the way, on LinkedIn, back then, you know, I was on the po-dunky level, of, like the lowest part of LinkedIn. And here you have the Disney art directors, Disney creatives, universal creatives, all these people on the top. Um, and I'm down to the bottom with no connections. And, and I said, well, I wonder if he'll hear me. So I texted him. I said, you know, um, through LinkedIn, Hey, I, I just lost my job. I can't seem to, you know, they're really slow and I can't seem to get back to work yet there. And and, and Larry just in a few words, let me see what I can do within a few days, few days, not weeks, 
not months. I mean, a few days. He says, Gilbert, go to Glendale, 1401 Glendale Street. They want to talk to you. And, oh, my God, I didn't know what was happening, really, because I didn't know what a big deal it was. You know, I just to me, it was like, well, it's another job. I want to just, you know, I work with these people, but it's another job. And uh, honestly, I don't know. I didn't know at that time how difficult it is to get in there. I mean, nearly. And the people who get in there, if you're not cutting it in a couple of days, you're out. That's a they hard. Are, they are the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I don't, I don't want to miss. I don't want to leave, give the wrong impression as that because they're mean. <laughs> no, no, no. It's because it's because there's a high expectation for a yes. level of standard yeah. that needs yes. to be met because that is what makes things happen for the parks, for the animation studios. Um, and I just want to say, I know you get tough on yourself with your your own work. You are your own worst critics, but like you held your own there. So be proud. Yeah, uh, I, I sometimes, I don't know what it is with me. I like to erase the good things. I've got to be careful with that. But uh, but yeah, he uh, he remembered me. Uh, Valerie Edwards remembered me. Um, what a time that was. What a time that was. And I, I'll never forget walking in there like a newbie and not knowing, you know, they say, hey, Gil, could you uh, sculpt these five-foot spoons for uh, Ratatouille's ride in, in Paris? And I'm like, you know, but they're not just spoons. They're French spoons. One was a slotted spoon and a fork and a bottle caps. And, the bottle caps, yeah. You know, you don't think about it, but what does a bottle cap look like? I mean, you got it in your mind, but now you got to make it a, a two-foot diameter. And you have to jump in their shop. Like you've been there for years and just know, you know, know where things are. And wow, the talent, that was, that was God's grace because um, I wasn't scared. I never showed fear. Um, I'll sh- okay. I'll, I'll share this one. This, you should know this. Uh, the Figaro I sculpted for WDI. The artist, the creative director is from France. He's from France. A great guy. Uh, uh, Del Luc, Del, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, it's not coming to mind, Del Luc, Del Duke, or it's a very French name. A wonderful person, another wonderful guy. I'm sorry that I'm terrifying, terribly ter- ter- messing up his name, but um, uh, it'll come back to me. There's uh, he, he he said, Gilbert, we're selecting you to, to sculpt this animated Figaro, and it's you know everybody's looking at me. You're going to give that to a newbie, <laughs> you know, kind of a kind of a newbie. You're going to you're going to trust Figaro to. You're supposed to know everything about Disney. In fact, when I went to lunch with some of the Imagineers, they're, they start grilling me. Well, what books did you read about Walt Disney, and what what uh, what got you in Disney? What what makes you love Disney? Well, you know, he was kind of like the dad I, I grew up with on television, who, who seemed to be a very loving man. But I, I never took time to read books about him. You know, I, I saw the wonderful every episode of A Wonderful World of Disney, and just loved it. You know, um, but. Um, you know, I'm a very visual person. I love reading. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I hate reading. But but no, that was, I didn't really have an answer. I just said, well, I didn't read that book by this person or this other person, this other book by that person. Um, oh, really? You know, there's kind of getting the grilling. But it's okay. They're, they did it affectionately, right? But um, so I go and I have to do this, this challenge to Skull Figaro. And uh, I'm, this is one of my favorite stories. That's kind of why I keep, I want to bring it up. Um, well, the, the artist, they gave me the artwork and I, you know, I start sculpting it right away, right? And um, it turned, I don't know, Sam, if I told you this part, but um, 
it turned out that he, the, the creative director, he drew it wrong. He drew the uh, European version of Figaro. He looked very different, very old, old school. I did not and know that. It was looking like the, his drawing, because I was matching it, you know. And, mm -hmm. I, and then I realized, I don't know what, what it was. I think one of the one of the Imagineers went to come by and said, "Hey, make sure you go to the uh, the Disney Library, the Research okay. Center. Get all your get all your model sheets." And I go, "Model sheets? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's a model sheet? Oh my goodness! I cannot believe I started this whole thing. It was already the head and everything was already in shape. And trust me, they only give you so much foam, and it's very expensive foam, by the way." And was this before or after you realized that you had to have it animate and had and to that, move? I did know it. I did know okay. the motions. I did know the motions. But the, I, I wish I could have the original drawing because it looked like something from like Felix the Cat, you know, the, from the <laughs> 1930s. It was, kind of, it was cute. It was adorable. But it wasn't on model. And, and, and now he just did it as an illustration to demonstrate the idea and concept. It wasn't necessarily on him to create, you know, a non-model drawing. Of, of he didn't realize that the newbie Gilbert was just going to take his drawing and start <laughs> blow it up and make it make it the sculpture, right? And I started to panic. I did not panic, but I realized I did something very bad. And so I went to the went to the research center, and there's a name for it. I can't maybe Sammy, you know what it's called. I should know it, but it's a research center. Is it's, it the a, archives? It's the archives. Thank you. And by the way, I got—I don't know—I got—I might have gotten—I got, I got some copies of Jessica Rabbit original drawings. I made some copies. Hope that was okay. <laughs> uh, I'll come I mean, back if, if they, they don't. If, if they don't know you have them, I mean, until now. They don't uh, know. <laughs> well, there were copies of copies. So, oh, okay. so I mean, the thing had been copied a thousand times, but they had the originals, which was quite, quite, what a place, Sammy. Louis, Sean, oh, I wish I still was there because I would I would love to bring you there. I would love to share. <laughs> I'd like to go. Love it. Let's go. I don't know what it's like now. I, I think the uh, everything. I'm is I'm currently sending the boys a well, the men a maybe, picture of the animatronic that you're talking about. So that maybe they, we can have you, maybe we can have just, you make copies of the IDs to get into that building. Gilbert, really quick, here. where do you live, roughly? You don't have to say exactly the town, but where are you? I don't know if you've already said that earlier. He did. No, but that's okay. No, it's fine. Uh, I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a dry, a dry and, and, and dusty place where there's no water. Uh, oh, I live in Arizona. Oh, okay. So, okay. But, but I'm I in just, the wrong zip code. <laughs> I just sent. Um, the picture of your Figaro oh, to you. Lewis, and he's making a huge face right now. So no, because okay, so that's the one at Disneyland in the fantasy, the new princess area. Yeah, fantasy fair. And, yes, and my daughter loves that cat. So we go. She loves. So I don't know why Figaro's on the Minnie Mouse boutique show. I don't know, but I I like oh. that Figaro gets on that show. Mm -hmm. But it's just Minnie's cat on the show. But, yeah, oh, but Figaro's from Pinocchio. Like I, I don't understand that quite much. So, but I, my daughter noticed it, and it took me a minute because I didn't know it was an animatronic, and I was like, "That's really done, kind of weird." Like, why would they sculpt something with the gaps in the jaw and all that? And then he starts moving, and for like a good twenty minutes, I'm just standing there, starstruck. Like, 
there's that much magic in an outdoor animatronic. Mm-hmm. Like they could have just sculpted mm-hmm. that. You could have just sculpted that and left it there. And like you're there. looking at the man uh, who did the magic there. Uh, it's, it's an animatronic outdoors. And I'm like, they didn't have to do that, but they did that. Did. And me and my daughter sat there for minutes just watching and just starstruck. So, Gilbert, that was one of your challenges, right? That was one of your challenges in thinking about how to make it waterproof. Exactly. Because this was not going to be a silicone character because it's going to be outdoors. It's going to be exposed to the elements. So it had to be a fiberglass, fiberglass shell. So once I got the the right, well, here's what happened. I I got the, the on model sheets and I had just enough foam left on my sculpture to make it look like the, the on-model Figaro. But if they had seen it before, I probably would have gotten the boot. I don't know. <laughs> but but they uh, but I worked really fast. You know, I worked really fast. At least back then, I was really fast. And I, I, I managed to hone out the on-model Figaro. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Because that was a thank you, Jesus moment. Because there was just that amount of foam left. Because once you start going down on foam... You, you get less and less to work with. Now, to answer Lewis's question, you know, why does it have those funny trapdoor and gaps in the head? Well, I had to literally cut apart the sculpture, hollow out the head. We had to go with a drop, you know, puppet mouth, you know, the lines here, you know, on the sides of your mouth. And because it's going to be like a, an interesting, like a Geppetto puppet, if you think about it, now that you think about it. And, so all the parts, I, as the sculptor, they threw this one on me. I didn't know that I was, I was responsible for this. But they said, well, you're the sculptor, so you've got to figure out how this cat is going to move. And you gotta, we're gonna, we need eye blink, mouth movement. We need head turn. They, in fact, the head has to rise from the balcony's edge to the, um, to the bird. My friend Amelia Loza did a marvelous job on the little blue bird. And... Um, and so he has to greet him now and talk to him. And his paw has to move. And his tail is actually, we made his tail move. Uh, I think they took that animation out the last minute. But um, so I had to engineer all the, I had to make the eyelids. I had to make the, the, the blink. Everything had to fit because once they make it into a hard part, there's not going to be a chance to, you know, it has to fit. So when I had, thir- I made that cat into 30 parts on the table. <laughs> I, to this day, we're not allowed to take pictures, but to this day, I wish I had taken a picture of that whole setup because I literally had it set on the table, all these parts, and I had to prove a concept with the Imagineers. Look, he has eyes move. Look, his mouth moves. Put it back to Look how the head comes up and look how his paw comes out. He's grabbed. By the way, I made the balcony too. That was I, I, yeah. I had to. I love the magic that just happened here because Lewis has admired this in the park. Like, holy cow! How did they do this? And now he's sitting here (laughs) talking to you about it, getting the behind the scenes. I think that is like the coolest thing that we've ever had happen on the show. I keep looking back at the picture because the messenger's still open, and and it just it's yeah. And I'm sitting there because when I go to the parks. There's a lot of little things I like to check in on or see. And just even though I already know what they're doing, for instance, that little metal spike in the not center, but center of Disneyland, you look at that, you know it's there, but you you walk by and you just have to look down. You have to tap your foot on it saying you touched it. And in Fantasy Fairground, 
Figaro is one of those things that's like I go walking by and I look up just to catch that or Rapunzel statue. So yeah, it and they go full yeah. circle right now. It is epic. And it, it's almost like a beautiful cliffhanger in a movie. You're like, hold on, what just Thank happened? You. And that just happened. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Lewis. I, 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 that that definitely made my day. You know, um, you reminded me only last week I got a um, through Instagram. Uh, a gentleman said, you know, Gilbert, I want you to know my daughter has to. She has to say goodbye to Figaro before we leave Disneyland. And it became a ritual. And I didn't know you were the guy who did it. So that, Lewis, you reminded me of that same story. And um, they recently had posted a, um, hey, there's a hidden gem. I don't know if I sent that to you, Sammy. Uh, if you watch, if you look up in Fantasy Fair, you'll, you'll get to see Figaro. And, and it was just a really like a 30-second clip. And I, like, I said, whoa, look, after 12, how many years? And they finally, I, it finally gets noticed. Yay. But, but it's like, no, it has been getting noticed. And let me share. No one will see this, but um, just being on that project, I don't know. Maybe I showed this to you, Sammy, already. But We can um, always clip the part of the video, too, and put up just this part of the video. Let's see if you can see this. Here. That is red. We can this see. Was, yes. This was given to me. Um, by Del Luke. Uh, oh, dang, that's cool. That's really cool. Gilbert, you, you're muted. Oh, oh there you go. I unmuted you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I thought my, my ear pods had uh, died. Uh, so this was a gift. And you know what it says on the top? I, I, I almost cried when they gave it to me because I, you know, I was, I didn't expect, you don't expect things like this. And it says, uh, uh, it's, it's fantasy fair. It's a beautiful picture. And it says, thank you for helping make this fairest of, of them all. So, so it, it's like, thank you for helping them make this the fairest of them all. And it's the fantasy fair uh, world there. I, I was moved to uh, tears and you feel, you know, you know, those special days when you, you, you feel like, wow, I matter. You know, there was, I did something um, special. Um, it's, but one more thought is being part of the history of Disney. I have not just this, but I have the Little Mermaid uh, uh, ride. You know, a lot of characters I sculpted there, and uh, but they're permanent fixtures. At That's Disneyland? why it breaks my heart. What's that? They were at Disneyland that you did the. Yes, or- yes, and and Disney World. And Walt Disney World. Uh, hold on, you did the you did the Little Mermaid ride the at Disney uh, California. Yes, yes. Uh, I did, <laughs> wow! I did, so uh, that was pretty cool to. Uh, uh, I, I I would like to boast about Cars Land, but all we worked on were, were cars, so it wasn't like uh, at that at this time. Please do though. So you worked on the main you worked on the main characters, but it's not nothing to boast about. Well, the, well we, we at that time <laughs> I, I got the the peripheral kid, like the 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 Twinkie, uh, the Jeep, you know the not not what's this? Not Lightning Arch, McQueen. Lightning McQueen. What's that? Oh my God. But but it takes but, but this was a team of people you know this is this is talented people working on auto parts. <laughs> but, but I'm no, just laughing so hard right now because the boys are geeking out so much. You guys can't see the, you don't the video. Understand. Sam's no. never Sam's never been to the DCA. I've not. So. Been oh, you haven't. Not DCA. Have but Cars it, it Land is, a, is probably one of the best lands. One of the best. I have, I, have, I watch video footage yes. of it all like, the time. 
Sean yeah. is absolutely right there. Uh, it's probably one of the best lands. Uh, it's better than Galaxy's Edge, in my oh, opinion. Oh, I'm sure. I I, I watch videos of it, and I believe yeah. that. The, that's crazy. So, just talk, we're talking to someone that's me and Lewis. Like, holy crap, this guy's done stuff that we go to all the freaking time. So, that's you the know, we ever. sorry. No, don't, don't, don't. Please, uh, no. I want to hear you. I want to hear because I don't get to hear this. Uh, you know, uh, you're behind the scenes. You the man. If you want to hear it, I'll tell you right now. No. You the man. I, I, I have <laughs> I have God's grace in my life that made that. That brought this this guy, me, who doesn't have a, a bachelor's degree in fine arts, who doesn't have a master's degree in fine arts. Um, sadly, I, I learned the old, it was the old way, the, the 1920s, Hollywood 1920s way, where you knock on the door and you, you, you know, to uh, uh, Warner Brothers and you say, hey, uh, do you need a sculptor or do you need anybody to help sweep the floors or whatever it is? By the way, sculptors and people who sweep the floor are kind of the same person. But but <laughs> so but those days you can knock in a studio and you don't have to have this great background in, in, in education. They just see you can do it and you're in, buddy. Uh, that's what Steve, that's what uh, 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 Privateer, um, those were the Italian stallion. Uh, what did uh, he told me that Gilbert, if I knew you back then, I don't, I don't care if you didn't have a degree. I got you in. And the way he said it, like, I wish I could talk like, hey, I, I got you in. I would have gotten you in. Just the, his, his Italian voice. He said, I would have got you into the Toontown project because, because you have the skill. You didn't have to have an education on paper that says you went through all this. and you did. Now, don't get me wrong. I admire, highly admire people who got their degrees and worked really hard for them because that's not easy. Um, but I guess I'm a relic at this. I, I could call myself a little bit of a relic at this time, but you know, I'm old school and, and I do. And that's when I look at Mark Davis's work and I say, look, that's, that's the way I think, you know, you want me to design something. If, if, a, if a illustration and watercolor or pencil is not enough, it's not how it's done. It's how, what's thought, what you're thinking of. And, and, and that's like the definition of imaginary in itself is you can't have people that you can't have just a one-sided a book of people that are book smart, but you also can't have one side of the book be people that just know how to visualize it. It takes the melting pot of everybody. You mentioned team to bring that, but at the same time, individual people start that process. I mean, Walt did it way back then, just not having schooling, not having a whole lot. And right. just being consistent with it, well, then taking those shots in the dark and then utilizing those tools once yeah. having them. So that's the definition of imagineering. Believing in Absolutely. your dreams Absolutely. and believing in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with all of you. That's that's exactly true. And let me tell you, I'm gonna throw a little something else in that. Uh, it's also called this might sound corny today, but it's the human heart. Without the human heart, without the human hands, without the human imagination, um, you're, if, if you're going to separate our world from CGI to actually making something, you know, if you're going to, if, if we're going to be in a new class, in, 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 if the future shows a new class of people who just do the CGI and never build anything, and then we don't need to build anything because the computers do it all. Well, maybe the, someday they will replace us with robots to go to the theaters to watch movies for us. You know, <laughs> it's like, where does it stop? But uh, uh, I still, I'm a, if I was a, if, I could probably never be a professor because I don't have a degree. But if I was teaching a class, one of my emphasis would be 
you know, it's the human being, it's who we are. It's the living soul. It's the we, people we have skin on. Okay. We had that conversation just before, you know, we started, like when we were just chatting, we talked about how so many of us are here right now, like, and our purpose in life is to create. And we all create in different ways. Like teachers are creating constantly. We're creating learning experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like you and Lewis are both artists. You create. Sean creates audio content that is amazing, amazing okay. for us. Like I, I'm actually tagging n- numbers in the in our chat as we go here of what, what I'm going to save. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we are all creating, awesome. and the Thanks. purpose in that creating is to share this kind of unconditional love that is this like rawness of our soul. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, see what you just said, Sam, is, is is so rarely said. You know, I don't hear that enough because you know it's what you just said is genuine. It's not corny. It's 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 what we are. We're this is and this goes back to Walt Disney himself. You know, here was the man, here was the visionary, and and now we're looking at uh, we are reaping the. All for how many? What is it now? A hundred years or something crazy mm-hmm. like that? We're reaping the uh, benefits of that soul, and uh, people could laugh at that all they want, but I know I'm not wrong. I know mm-hmm. I'm right because why it does it endure? Because it has the living soul, and it. it was made by real imagination with a person who had a real heart. Uh, I look Pure at our, uh, intentions for families you know, to spend time together and those. unconditional love. You can't say that better. I mean, I can't. I can't say that. You just had me. You just said that. That's perfect, and it's absolutely true. You know, our, these, these young graduates and colleges today that are going into the Imagineering field and into the theme park world, um, they're, they're you know they pushed out all my dear beloved friends at, at WDI. You know, they retired them. It's time to go on. So, uh, I mentioned Brian Jowers to you, uh, okay. Sam. I think I might have one of the best. One another wonderful painter, Imagineer. I won't get into a story because it's kind of sad, but he's a wonderful man. And we actually, you know, something we would pray together in his office. I mean, yeah. it was it was something you never hear of anymore. And and but the, the the point I was making is what it's people. You know, it's you hard. bring in a, you bring in a young group who has a group thing. Now, creativeness does take collaboration, but where's the individual? Is, is an individual not allowed to express the imagine? Hey, I got this vision. I think it's going to work for everyone. Let's and shares that like you know like Walt with with Snow White uh, the storyboards. I have this vision for this movie, and I want everyone to experience it. All talking to all his artists, and um, but it was him. See, and, and, it and, was. And, but Walt also promoted that like creative liberty. Yeah, and that, he, he gave yes. them freedom of expression, and then he would walk through and be like, "Yes, I like it, or no, I don't like it. Let's try this." Yeah, yeah. But uh, I love what you just said. I love that. No, I love what you just said. Creative liberty. Um, you know something at, at Walt Disney Imagineering? I was left alone in, in, in the most part. I mean, the directors came, but but they let see once they know you can do something, they don't step on you. They, oh, wait, wait, that doesn't look right. What are you doing there? You know, what, uh, hey, could you, no, it's, you know, they come out, and they'll, uh, you know, art director work, but, but I always felt like they never pressured me, you know, and, and, and made me feel free, you know, that was I, good. It was, that meant everything, Sam. And, I feel and, like so. that's why a lot of our 
Imagineers that are still wanting to be in the field are leaving WDI because they are losing that opportunity and they're being told like, here's this strict, what we want your job is to create it. And they're losing the passion that drives them into creating. And for these Imagineers, they're like, I don't want to stay. This is not what is going to keep me moving forward. This is not going to fill my cup up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a paycheck but it's not going to fulfill me. And they have other opportunities that they are pursuing and I do not blame them. And that is something that is very sad to me because (laughs) then as fans, we lose the storytelling. Right. We lose the things that made those experiences special for us because it was this unique experience. And now everything is kind of feeling cookie cutter. You know, something, Sam, you just reminded me about Splash Mountain. I won't get into that too much because but talk about, um, you know, somebody had posted, oh, look, they're going to, it's time. They're, this new thing is coming to uh, Disney. You know, they're going to turn this into a whole new uh, adventure. And I, and I, but I, 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 I type, you know, you could, you could respond to posts on Instagram. And it's just basically said that, yeah, but what about the Imagineers, the Dreamers, the, all the people who were made Splash Mountain, what it is, they weren't, they didn't have, anything against anybody. They just did something that was beautiful, creative. Uh, they're, you know, the story, and by the way, the Song of the South is, a, is actually quite a sweet film. And to to do what they're doing today, it doesn't make any sense in my opinion. It's like, what are you doing? This is, have you seen the movie? I mean, it has these adorable animals and you know, the zippity do so segment is, is like, gosh, doesn't that just give you goosebumps when he sings? It's, it's such a beautiful moment. And I grew up with that. And now you're just saying this is bad, bad, bad. And you're going to destroy all the imagineering that went into Splash Mountain. And I have nothing against the new concept, but build another one. You know, put it somewhere else, you know, nearby if you want. But but don't destroy. It's like the same way with Figaro. We just talked about some days someone's going to say, oh, that cat's old. We don't need him anymore. We need something bigger or whatever. We just think that, or maybe this black cats offend people. <laughs> it's too much bad luck here. And then now they took <laughs> away, they took away something I was passionate. I passionately made that. I put my heart, soul, mind, strength, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean that. I put everything that I am into that cat because I wanted it to be perfect for everyone, for Sean, uh, for Lewis's daughter, and, and the other people. You or your daughter, Sam. Everybody, Sean. You know, I, I wanted it to be special because I knew it had to mean more. I know this sounds corny, maybe, Not at but, all. but nope. I'm just trying to talk from Not the heart and say, I'm trying to imagine that the, all the Imagineers who built, um, you know, Splash Mountain, that, that watching them tear it down, break it up, destroy it because it's no longer in the public view as something. And by the way, it's that's not true. The public loves Splash Mountain. They do. And uh, it's just a, another little group that says it's bad. And, well, you know, it's like listening to the spoiled child and say, oh, the spoiled child's right. Or, the, you know, or the, uh, the you know, the, the entitled, the entitled. Yeah. The, or the bully in the sandbox is right. So yeah. therefore we should we should listen to what, what, what he says. Uh, look, I'm not I'm not going to get political or but you know, how, you know where I stand. I mean, also, I, I was just sorry. Go ahead, Lewis. But I also think with Imagineering, because I'm I have a very strong feeling against them changing it and how they're changing it too. But if you're gonna give, if we're gonna end uh, a lot of Imagineers' hard work, 
give them a fresh canvas. Like it, if if you're gonna pull the Splash Mountain characters, the Song of the South characters out of that ride, for me, I would almost be, and it's 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 very hard to say this because I like that ride. I would say level it out. Give the Imagineers a fresh canvas because what you're doing is you're putting Imagineers in a very tight box. And yes, it's for them to grow out of that box, but the box is you're bound by four walls. What does the community want to see today? You're bound by, you don't want to break what Imagineers have done. You don't want to butcher what Walt Disney has done. But at the same time, that fourth wall is the only way you have to grow, but you're bound by the other three. It's going to seem lopsided. And so I feel like if you're going to do that, allow Imagineers to grow and be them by paying homage to what was there. For instance, Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland is a very perfect example. They flattened Country Bear Jamboree. Wasn't a fan of that, but okay. You gave Imagineers, Tony Baxter, to do something different. And in that ride, there are small little nods to the Country Bear Jamboree. Splash Mountain going to the Princess Tiana ride. I don't know many six, seven, eight-year-olds that are going to want to go on a 50-foot drop to see their favorite princess. It doesn't seem natural. And I think you're forcing Imagineers to do something that they don't naturally do. Thinking outside the box from the ground up is what they do. Thinking outside the box from already 50 feet in the air, you're taking away the magic and you're just forcing them. And it's not going to be good. That's exactly right. I think I'm glad you just brought up Tony Baxter because that's exactly who I was thinking about when they change journey, they keep changing journey into imagination. And like, he had like these awesome elements. He had, you know, the dream finder and the, the dream machine and the rainbow corridor, which was incredible. And they took those things out. Why? Because somebody goes complaining, I don't know. And, and Tony Baxter said, I will come back and fix it. Like I will come back and fix it, but I want creative Liberty to do what's best for that attraction. What I believe is best. And they can't give that to him. They won't give it to him exactly because he would make it, he'll restore it to something beautiful again. You know, um, it's a sad tragedy. Uh, and I know everybody probably I'm speaking to right now says, Oh, give me, Oh, give me a year in control of an entire Walt Disney company and I'll change it or I'll turn it around. I don't want to be the next Bob Chapek. So I don't know. No, because uh, no, I well, Tony Baxter, bring him in. I'll bring in all my friends that I know that I know who, how they think. I will bring them in, and and we'll brainstorm together how we're going to reach, how we're going to turn this ship around, how we're going to store, we're going to restore tradition, we're going to do, we're going to restore the 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 original dream. We're going to be uh, whether you like it or not, you know. Walt was a patriot. We're gonna we're gonna make it. You know, he 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 loved his country. He loved the family. Sam, you you keep mentioning. You're absolutely right. It's about the family. You know, we're in America. That's our country. You know, that's where we've been, you know, we're Americans, we, you know, our love for our country, you know, is, is, is relevant. And Walt understood that. And so he, uh, he, you know, did the original Disneyland, you see it, you see the evidence of all that. But my point saying is once you start tearing statues down in society, society is saying, we don't want anything to do with the past. We want to make something new and that never works. That never works. So tearing down national treasures like Splash Mountain, tearing it down and saying it doesn't matter, and we're going to recreate it into something like this, which of the movie was, it was a medium hit, I guess. I don't know. 
Uh, I never actually saw the movie. It's cute. It looks cute, but I never saw it. So, but if you're going to invest, you know, how much billions of dollars to remake this thing, um, spend the money, you know, keep it as is and make something new. Lewis was saying a blank canvas. I like that. Imagineers want that challenge. Uh, but we need the mentors like, uh, like Tony Baxter back in there or Larry Nikolai, mm-hmm. I mentioned. We need those mentors to stay there. You know, I, I started working in Imagineering when John Hirsch had passed away. He had already passed away. Valerie Edwards was his protege. Oh, so it, was John was Hen- it was John Hench who you had to uh, worry about, Valerie told you. That's who it was. It was yes. John Yes. Oh, that's Hench. right. That's the the, well, he was still there. Wow. It was John Hench, well, yeah. I'm so sorry I didn't get a chance to meet him personally. But you were absolutely uh, – wow. Thank you, Sam. That's right. And um, <laughs> that was a big deal. And, you know, and because I was a newbie, a kind of a Disney newbie at that time, I didn't know who he was. Can you believe that? I didn't know who he was. Because uh, he was very important, apparently. But <laughs> but but I saw his a painting they did of him there at the, at the, at the Imaginary. But um, you know these guys, man, if they knew what they were doing today, they would really be like, "Wow, this this isn't right." You don't tear down statues. You don't remake. You don't remake things. You, when we you try to a, erase history, we're doomed to repeat it. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Because we're optimists, we're, I'm, I'm hoping onto a brighter future. I'm, I'm truly still believing that Disney will turn that ship around, um, whether I'm there or not. You know, I would love to be part of it. Um, right now, I have a possibility of, of becoming an art director again for Universal Studios, but hopefully they won't hear this. But you know, I, I love Universal, but honestly, Disney is the magic. Disney is the place where it was born. Disney is the place where the family is important. It's not about the thrills and chills. It's not about the, um, you know, how many people can we pack in here at one time? No, it's about, you know, how many memories do I have of Disneyland being there and, and experiencing it for the first time. And like, I didn't at that when I, I didn't know I could be part of it at that Twitter for some reason. I didn't know I didn't register because I was doing other stuff, but I'm like, this is so wonderful. I'm like, well, I you mean I could have been sculpting for these guys a lot earlier. Oh my goodness, they're creating for them. But it's all it's yeah. almost kind of eye-opening to think that with Disney on this this balance beam of what we want to do versus what we should do, it, it well, it's gonna tip one way or the other. They're either gonna go full force and really just say, Hey, these are the stories we want to tell. Those that want to listen and interact and create that magic with us this is what we want to do, or they're going to go the other way. And like you mentioned, places like Universal Studios, Knott's, they're going to start seeing, hey, we're willing to take that gamble and just do really good stories. And I think Universal and, and places like Knott's, they are balancing that magic. I mean, you're seeing some animated movies come out outside of the Disney umbrella that are actually pretty good, whether it's looking, whether it's story, and they're realizing, hey, lots of people that really have the heart for this don't care what story you're telling as long as it's a good one. They will find what they want to find in there and love it, or they won't. And I think some movie companies, some storytelling companies are seeing that. And Disney is on this eggshell routine where they're playing it safe, but it's way too noticeably safe. And it's you can do stuff. I mean, that's changing what seems bad and making it good. Look at the old Disney animated features. A lot of those origin story movies were from a dark or very not so good story. They brought light to it. Today, 
they're thinking of how do we make this story good and staying away from other stuff. So I think Disney just needs to go full force in telling their own story and what they want to do and let those believers believe and those non-believers, well, sit by the wayside and come back when you're ready. But I think they just need to go in with their full storytelling and trust the people that are creating this magic. Well, Lewis, you bring up a very good point. It is the story. The story is everything. It's everything. You know, and let me tell you this much more. When you have a story, you know, a story has to have its, you know, the beginning, the, the apex, and then the, uh, who, who doesn't like the happy ending? I mean, there's a formula to storytelling. You know, if you look at Spider-Man or you look at Iron Man and you look at these Marvel or these, you know, the story is so on the shallow surface level. They're not deep stories. People want stories with redemption. You know, the, the struggling hero or the struggling person becomes this hero and wins the day for the universe. Marvel is moving that way, though. I will say they have Marvel to. is moving I didn't know that, that. way. That's, that's good to hear because they have to. Who didn't love Luke Skywalker? He was this little twerpy farm boy <laughs> who had dreams of being something, but he wasn't. <laughs> you know, he was just a, God, a little kid, basically. And... and and, and then you're watching this movie and you see him developing into this new person. And he wasn't like Ray, who had all this wonderful power given to her in the very beginning. You're like, well, gosh, you don't need anything. You're already everything. You know, um, that's not the formula. That's not a working formula. Uh, you know, if you, if I'm going to just jump into Jerry Goldsmith and to James Horner, uh, some a couple of my all time best composers. Oh, John Williams too, but I still think Jerry Goldsmith is, is better. That's just me. But um, when you listen to their music, it's so passionate. It's so moving. You're just pulled into that story. You know, um, I was listening to Star Trek First Contact. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith did that one. And I bought it on iTunes. And I'm like, wow, wow. Uh, that was in 1996. And my heart was just so brought to my emotion music is everything but music is storytelling you know when you went to california soaring back in the day you walk through the queue and they're playing all these they're playing a lot of jerry goldsmith they're playing all these the rocketeer jerry goldsmith um inspiring even the soundtrack from Patton. you know but all these inspiring music as you're going into this and then of course you have the americana you have all these famous pilots and pictures Sam, I wish you had seen it. I don't know what it's like now. I know it's like the world. Uh, well, I think they're I bringing it. Soaring Over California back. They have to. Oh, that'd be awesome if they did. Because that's what's unique. Aren't they? It's the American they're, story. They're bring, it comes back during the Food and Wine Festival. It's a yeah. seasonal thing. But the music um, and all the Americana is all the same. Um, sometimes the music will be, it will change. But for the most part, it's still the same music and line cue that we've always seen uh, and they bring back soren california seasonal i didn't know that well it's good to hear that's that's hopeful because uh you know i don't i love the world but i don't want to fly over the taj mahal you know maybe someday we'll take a trip but but you know i i think that you don't destroy something perfect to make it you, you don't you leave it alone just leave it alone build something else and see which, and you'll and you'll find right away what does better. You'll see what what does better. It'll be proof in the pudding there. 
But uh, but anyway, back to Splash Mountain. Um, no matter what I you think, think you and story, Lewis are the same person. I'm just going to. It could be, but he has more hair than I do. <laughs> I, I, I admire his hair. I, I have less hair now. But uh, anyway, uh, no, I, I could. Yeah, with kindred spirits, and I feel that absolutely. Way I can, as well. for sure. Yeah, where you know, I I just feel like um, you know, when, when you're alive long enough to see your what you love, basically, not respected anymore, and just say, no, we don't want this. this is, uh, no, this is awful. And he said, wait a second. He's probably crying right now. That's why I went. Yeah, I was like, Lewis is having an emotional cry right now. I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. He's very passionate. He gets very emotional. It's a healthy crying, though. It's a wholesome crying. It's from the heart. And trust me, I spent my time like that, too, because I do mourn when I see things destroyed. I do mourn. And I do. I'm very passionate about storytelling. And Lewis was a good point for him to bring that up because that's everything that's key. That's upside. You have a cute face over there. <laughs> Lewis, <laughs> Lewis is just loving this interaction with you so much, and, and it's Aww, that, that makes my day. And, and, and just you, like Lewis. having another you. artist that gets it and connects, it's making him emotional. <laughs> so. well, it's, not, it's good to know that you're never alone. It's good to know that yeah, you're not sure. crazy. For sure. You're not crazy. You're you're passionate. You have a heart. You have a soul, and that you're the, you're a real genuine person. And uh, don't let other people say, you know, they, what they're doing. Don't let it discourage you, uh, Lewis. You know, you have a uh, there's a bright that gives me hope for a greater future with people <laughs> like you. No, I mean that because there there's people with a soul. There's people with souls still on the earth. So that means a lot to me, Lewis. So thank you. And you're absolutely right about the stories. Story is everything. And I, I, I regret the fact that I'm not, I don't know how to write a story. I have good, I can have ideas, but that's not enough. You need to, you need to tell the whole story. And the best stories are the stories are from struggling to building to success and then this great crescendo and, and joy and everybody's happy. Um, those are the best stories. And uh, we need we need so many of those. And history, and I made a short, you saw that video, Sam, I think. It's a little corny, but I related to, you know, talking to children, talking to old people, talking, you know, listen to the stories that they lived their 100 years and that they share, I mean, the stories that they've lived that you've never heard about. And it's like, wow, that would make a great movie or that would make a great book. And, um, but we don't have stories from the heart right now we have now when you saw top gun did you see top gun lewis i don't know if you saw it the new one top gun maverick i'm like oh wow they made a real movie with an actual wonderful story and and we weren't cgi poison but a simple people that's all they want just bring them into a place you know capture their heart and then let them be singing joyfully at the end of it because that's what's important when it came out of that movie, I'm like, wow, I haven't felt like this for a long time. <laughs> so. And you mentioned the mo- a movie a little while back in the interview was uh, Onward. Onward was that way. Onward, Onward was that way. That it was. had a bunch of fictional characters. It had a great story, but it's a story about, you know, two two sons, that single parents, stuff like that, lost their dad. Or, well, one they both lost their dad, but one at a much younger age. The whole story is their journey of them bonding. At the end, he never actually meets his dad in order for his brother to meet him. It's still a great kids movie. My kids love that movie. I enjoy it. I ball like a baby, as we yeah. just heard. 
Um, like it was good. And so, oh no, like I lost my dad when I was 19. I saw that movie and it is probably the most relatable Disney movie for me to date. Yeah. I know Sean's the biggest uh, fan of Wally, but Wally, it gives us a story. It lets us know that stuff is not working for us. Hey, this is what we're doing to ourselves, but this is how we can fix it. And it is, it's like, let's see how far we can struggle. And then let's see how high we can reach after that. And those are the stories we need to see in any type of format. It can be any type of race, sex, anything like that. But just give us that foundation of a story and you're going to win people over hand over fist. Perseverance sells the story. You know, it's funny. We did a episode a couple of weeks, like a week ago. We were doing top tens and Lewis had mentioned Onward. I actually watched Onward again this week after we did that. And the stuff I'm going through in my life right now with, with everything, it made me see that movie in a whole different light. So I totally, I don't know if I can do that and watch Wally. I'm sorry, but I mean, but onward definitely changed my, my perspective on that movie. So it is, you you take things like you said, Sam, with your dad or whatever, it just, you take those things and yeah, let me interject. That's something that, that, um, creators need to be cognizant of though, because everybody is approaching media through a different lens. Everybody has their own experience. So you need to create something that is conducive for all of these people to come together and find a common interest, find common ground. Right. You know, that's, that's why you see, you know, uh, fiction and then real life, you know, real life tends to be a better story because it really happens. a real experience when you have fiction that has real life truth to it. It's a good, it's a good piece of fiction, but um, you know, so yeah, so it's, um, it's it's you know it when your heart is like like I, I don't know if you guys ever saw Galaxy Quest, nineteen ninety nine. So oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that film has heart. That film mm-hmm. has here you have a, a bunch of people who are they're old in their careers and kind of has been. I say you, you know their life isn't going very well, but then this magic happens. Yep. And then you're then you're crying because Qualic died. I hope no no spoiler alert. I'm like, old enough now. It's okay. <laughs> but I'm like, why am I crying? They shot Quellic. I've seen this movie at least 25 times, and I'm still crying because I love that guy. But that moment right. where Ellen Rickman, Dr. Lazarus, finally says, You know, by Graftar's hammer, by the sons of Orvain, you will be avenged. And it's like, Oh my goodness, I'm starting, I'm falling. He, he hated saying that, he hated it. But at that moment, as Quellic, the Thermian is dying, he found it in his heart that that's what he wanted. And he gave Quellic that moment just before he passed away. And if that isn't part, there's truth in here. There, this, there's, there's, I know this is fantasy, but there's, this is a truism. This happened in real life. That's why, that's why it resonates. So when you put real life and, and like your father, Sammy, and, and you know, when you, you relate because you know, like when we saw Buzz Lightyear, uh, Buzz Lightyear is that the name of the movie? Um, there was no story there. Oh, the Lightyear the, movie. The Lightyear, we just you. had this conversation the other day about how awful that so movie bad. was. So bad. The only yeah. thing that was worth watching was the robotic cat. Yes, and they threw that in there for that reason because I I said tell you because if you got throw a robotic cat, you're already pulling my heartstrings. But after reading the review, that was their the merch movies. opportunity. Yeah, it was Absolutely. a merch opportunity. It was a merch opportunity. And I still think my Figaro is cuter. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> but so 
you know, talk about a boy movie. Now, don't get me wrong. There's girl movies like Little Mermaid. I think that's a very strong girl mermaid, Cinderella. Um, but Buzz Lightyear is a boy movie. And when you saw a Maverick Top Gun, when he gets off in the, you know, he crashes his plane, he goes into this Midwestern uh, diner, and the little boys are looking at him with their eyes open, like, you know, who's this guy in a space suit? And you know, they're just enamored with their hero. This guy's a hero. He's an astronaut. He came from space. You know, what little boy in the universe? I mean, honestly, that was me, a little boy saying, this is amazing. There's a spaceman in front of me. And he says, yeah, where, where am I? And he goes, Earth, <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> uh, but that was, you know, that's what Lightyear needed. Lightyear needed to tell a story that would have been, I mean, little girls, of course, you know, I'm not leaving them out, but, but I'm saying it just, and they, I heard the cartoon series for Buzz Lightyear was actually an excellent show. I never saw it, but I heard that the character dynamics, the, uh, and, and obviously they needed Tim Allen. That was another mistake, but oh, big, um, that was probably the biggest mistake. I, the biggest, I agree oh, yeah. Because yeah. Tim Allen has a spirit. Yep. <laughs> he has this spirit about him when he walks into a room, it's sort of, He's this funny guy. You love him. And, and I, I, I'm washes a big over Tim. everyone. Yeah, I'm a big Tim Allen. Uh, I wish I was Tim Allen. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> I wish because it's just like the light of his, you know, and he was excellent in Galaxy Quest. But um, yes, he was. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, uh, Tommy Madison. We're a little um, older. So, I mean, me and Gilbert are a little bit older. Yeah. So, you, you know. Remember Sigourney Weaver? I mean, I mean do, do you realize that she said, that that was her, the best role she had at that point. This was like this was twenty what twenty years or thirty years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, that that was the best movie she had ever made at that time. The, the happiest crazy. movie. You know, she wasn't killing aliens. She was, uh, you know, she was just this. I hate to say it, dumb blonde, but she was wonderful. It was just wonderful, and she wasn't a dumb blonde. She was actually. You have to. I don't know if anyone saw it, Lewis or Sam. You have to watch it. I I, I think you're gonna love it, Sam. You'll it's love really it. It's really good. It is actually really good. And I think you're going to love it. But I digressed again. So where were we? I'm sorry. Um, so so if you had to pick one project, because like you've done stuff for theme parks, you've done stuff for zoos. you I mean, you've done stuff for grocery stores too, even, haven't you? Like if you had to pick one project that was your favorite project, what do you think you would pick if you had to pick just one? Wow. Well, that's a good question. A really good question. Let me think. Let's think about it without breaking in tears. I'm looking around my room. If you want, there's a trick. You can turn off your camera. Apparently, that works. Thank you. you. Yeah, we we, we, we can switch to audio. Turn off the camera so no one sees you cry. That's Lewis's mo. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. I I seem to be doing very well for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, But I think uh, it might have been with Dave Bosser. You know, when I did this uh, maquette, they wanted me to sculpt uh, Yensid. Yensid, was, am I saying that right? Yeah. Disney backwards. Yeah. Um, I had to make the, uh, from scratch. I had, you know, I'd never seen the character. I wasn't familiar with Fantasia at that time. and They, they needed a maquette about this size. So Yensid, uh, do I have a picture of him in here? I thought I'd, I, I kind of redecorated, but um Anyway, this was going to be for Josh Stedman's uh, carousel in Shanghai. I didn't know it at the time, but they said, could you sculpt this for us? We need it. So I sit down and I make it going by pictures that I found in the uh, research uh, center. Anyway, um, finished it, 
And I would always finish early, you know, which was really amazing because they coming from the movie, coming from the you know, different industries, the theme park or not theme park, the uh, uh, like I said, movie industries or um, I've been in shops that you have to get things done in hours, not days, not weeks. And Disney, WDI was always generous with time. I never told them that because I, I, I didn't want to give away my secret. <laughs> I wanted to keep it kind of quiet that, well, you're, you're going to give me this much time to do this. Okay. I was just speak. I was just quiet. Uh, oh, yeah, great. You know, um, but it turned out that I, I finished early. They gave the time to somebody else to, well, it was weird. It, it was okay. I guess they, they were happy at the end of the day. Anyway. Um, so I, I finished this, this, this maquette of uh, this Yensid character and, um, I got it bought off and everything, and uh, that was done. We move on to another project, and uh, then they scanned it. This technology was just entering WDI. I didn't know it was going to be the end of me, but <laughs> but <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't the end of me. But I did technology. Uh, the evil robot came in. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so they scanned. It was cool. They made it three feet tall, right? It was just big. Now I had a point it up, clean it up, you know, because it left lines on it. Uh, but Dave Bosser came out, and he says, who did this? He had a copy of it, or he, who made this incident? And in front of all the Imagineers, all the educated, all the people who have been there 20, 30 years, in front of everybody, he said, this is the best we've ever done here. <clears throat> this is my, in fact, they gave him a copy. They gave him a copy of it because he loved it so much. and. That moment, I mean, I was in front of people, uh, you know, but it was really, I, uh, people probably thought I was, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm best, I can, I can do it. They didn't realize I was emotionally moved because I know my background. My background came from nothing. You know, like my, my family didn't have a money for college, and I, and I guess I wasn't smart, I got smart enough for a scholarship, but um, we were I think poor. you did all right, though. Did all right. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That was a confirmation to me that, you know, something, God, you can pull anybody out from nowhere. You can make somebody, you can make a nobody into a somebody yeah, and you sure. and you can exalt them in front of everyone else. And because and, I wasn't the boasting kind of guy and I'm still, I'm not, I, I really, that's not what I'm into. Um, that's why I appreciate you giving me a chance to, ex, uh, to express this because I never should have share it with my wife probably knows the story a thousand times. <laughs> so, but uh but that was a special, special moment. And you know, something, Sam, I'll be honest, there's, there's so, actually so many. Uh, that one's just the, for me, Figaro, obviously, um, because I wasn't supposed to get that cat. I was supposed to get the bird because I was new. I was supposed to do the little bluebird, but right. they gave me the cat. I'm a cat man. I, I live with seven cats. That's, I'm not joking. I know, I sound like a weird, a crazy cat dad. <laughs> Perhaps we don't have kids, you become a cat cat. It's okay. I'm happy. I love my cats. But I'm a cat man. And your cats love, love your light table. And they oh, yes, I know. <laughs> and and that very expensive light table. <laughs> saying you were supposed to get the, the bird uh, uh, in some of that, I have, a, I have a question. Like, are there any projects that you would like to have been involved in that you weren't involved in? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but is there any that really like I wish well, I would have had a hand in that project so it did it a little different or just to be part of that project. There, I think there's many, you know, there, because Disney's always creating um, uh, wonderful, I mean, 
this at least in my time, I felt like the ideas were better. I mean, uh, it was Hong Kong's um, the uh, what's Albert the Little Monkey, Mystic Manor. Oh, I love uh, Albert. I, I couldn't believe I got to work on that, and it was just a. Wait, you, know, you worked on Albert? Yeah, I worked on Albert. I didn't you know, know that. But you know, it was it was it was. I never got to see the ride. I would love to go see it. I've seen the videos of it, but um, a lot so much magic is in that ride. They they, they pulled it off. They pulled it off. And the, the, what a concept. A mischievous little monkey, because monkeys are mischievous, of course, and he's adorable. And you have all these crazy Indiana Jones artifacts. I uh, love I think, the entire, like, yeah. Lord Henry Mystic, the music box, and Albert opening the music box. Like, I love all of that so much. So now it's my turn to geek out and be like, wait, you worked on Albert? I didn't know that. Uh, Ethan Reed was one of the art directors. I mean, maybe the creative director. There was two of them, and I can't remember the second person unfortunately, but uh, we worked with them directly and um, I got to know Ethan and Ethan, I always said, dang it, Ethan, you look like Tom Hanks. You're so handsome. You know, he's tall and he's blue eyes, like big blue eyes. You know, I always feel like this little Spanish kid, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not very tall, but, but, you know, I, I really admired him for his, his talents. And I, I told him, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this. It's, it's kind of behind the scenes. I don't want to offend anybody, but, um, his drawings, he, he showed us our drawings. At that time, Garner was already moving into ZBrush. So he had hired some ZBrush artists to take care of this major sculpting. So I was kind of being filtered out a little. I kind of felt, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that for a fact. It was just technology's technology. So Ethan brought his drawings and they gave them to the ZBrush artist, who's a wonderful person. She's a wonderful person. Um, and, um, but I'll be honest. I told Ethan later, and this is why I won't give her name or because I want to keep it. You can edit this out if it's, if it, I don't mean, it's not an offensive. Oh, nothing's been edited out. I promise okay. you. <laughs> well, no, she, I love people. She's a wonderful artist. But when I looked at Ethan's drawings and I confronted him when it was over, I said, Ethan, look at your drawings and look at the, look at the ZBrush finished sculpture. Your drawings are better. I could have pulled this off. I didn't say that, but I, I just said, this could have been handled better. I, if I had hand sculpted his, he had a samurai, you know, uh, one of the characters is this really cool looking samurai. And then of course the monkey King, um, but those were, those are all ZBrushed. Uh, and, and, and I felt like um, they, at that point they didn't let me do it, you know, cause it was like, Oh, we got this new toy. Garner has a new toy and that's okay. You know, but, but the thing is um, I knew in my heart, that I could have made it better. I knew that I could have done the original sculpting and I'm not boasting in that. I'm not, please, I hope you know me by now. Uh, I'm being sincere with you. I know in my heart I could have made it better because uh, I told Ethan, your drawings are immaculate. I would have went off of your drawings precisely. The ZBrush model was to my, now he bought off on the ZBrush model. No, don't get me wrong. It's beautiful, Sam, you know, yes. it's beautiful. Yes. So really it's just technology is not always the answer. Sometimes we have to take it back to the basics. We have to take it back to the original oh. way that things are created. Exactly. exactly. Which we shared with movies a little while ago. You know, there's a lot of CG and yes, CG is beautiful. It helps sell the story, but sometimes too much. You can look at the Lord of the Rings original trilogy in The Hobbit. The Hobbit is just as good, but the CG is just a little too aggressive 
that it almost takes away from the story. You still get the same story. You still get the same love, but you do just lose a little bit. You don't get that little cherry on the top of your Sunday. You just get whipped cream. That's it. And it's unfortunate. In the first Lord of the Rings, thanks for bringing that up, Lewis, is um, their um, women are dressed like the goblins and the orcs, a lot of them. They were in rubber costumes. That's why they were so real, because they were there. There were actual people in costumes in the original trilogies. And But the, the Hobbit was, nobody was ever in any danger. They were all cartoons. Um, but, I, I, but back to Ethan, I wanted to just say that uh, he agreed. He looked at me and smiled. He just smiled. You know, I, I you know, it was just because, and there was one thing I wanted, to, one more thought, uh, you know, when you hire, you know, this person very young, just out, just out of college, you know, but I have already had like 20 years on this person. And I'm like, you know, something experience means a lot. And we never should ever let go to someone who has experience because they see things that young people don't see yet. They will, they will, but they haven't seen it yet. And I always felt that, you know, something, and, and that's why I think Ethan smiled, who, by the way, is a marvelous guy. And uh, I don't know if I said that already. Well, they all are. All the Disney people um, I work with have, were, were champions of my, of my creativity, of my t- education. Um, but uh, I'm glad, Sam, you, you like that ride. I hope Lewis, you have to you have to see it. You have to go on YouTube to watch it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've heard the ride a handful of times virtually, but I would love to see it in person. Yeah. No well, wouldn't that be awesome? We should all go together someday. Let's go. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Let's go. Right now. Sean's Gilbert, Gilbert I have awesome. a question for you. Yes, Sean. What are you working on now? Well, you know, um, I'm going to be drawing Sammy as a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm always in flux. You know, um, I... I had, you know, I was, uh, I sent pictures to Sam about, uh, these are like vacation homes in Orlando who, uh, theme Disney themes. And the guys, the, the guys saw those this morning. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So glad you saw those are amazing. That. So, so I was art directing for that, but also as a, as a creative director, I was also helping the guys and training the guys to sculpt the walls and the characters and everything like that. Um, but that that was for last year. Uh, as far as this year, uh, there there's some hopeful possibilities. Uh, like I said, I, I may be an art director again for Universal. Now this art directorship may be going to uh, I think it's Frisbee, Texas. They're going to be opening a park there as it stands today. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know if I have that position. Although my my they say your application has went on to the next approval level. So congratulations, you're you're one one power up. You know. But there's never a guarantee. Um, I, I, especially when COVID hit, I was going to go work as an art director for Universal Studios uh, before COVID. That changed it. That changed the world. But uh, I hope the world doesn't change again, <laughs> please. <laughs> but uh, you know, right now I, I'm in, I'm rediscovering. Uh, before you got on uh, with us, Sean, we were talking about my art and, and I was admiring Lewis's beautiful compositions and the work he's doing and Sammy's art collection back there is pretty yeah. awesome too. Uh, but I was, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm learning to draw again. I'm learning to paint again. I'm learning to, to see what I could be as my own independent artist. And if I mm-hmm. could come up with something like Lewis where they're sellable, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, did you, did you, they uh, are, <laughs> they did, are. Did you, show, did you show Sean my, my frozen picture? I oh, have not. Yes. See, so he, see, he doesn't think that that's sellable. 
but you know, you're but, out of your damn mind. I'm sorry. No, 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 but, but when I see, when I, so I, you know, she's, but you know, I'm learning, I'm learning to do something like this. And, that could be uh, turned into a wall decal and put on like half of well, America's little girls. Uh, walls. Let's see, I, I, that's very I'm, sweet. I'm getting a theme here that you like to draw women and that's fine. So uh, you know something I, it's because, well, here it comes. You know, yeah. Y- y- y'all knew it was coming. So. <laughs> I do. Um, I have an idea for you in the future if you get bored. <laughs> well, I'm, actually, I'm looking at your is with the, the, the picture behind you. Yeah, is, it is. Uh, that's beautiful. It kind of reminds I, me of my this one here. Picture. Yes, the, the yes. Wanda, the Scarlet Witch one. That's the Scarlet Witch. She, she, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the Scarlet Witch, like Sam is obsessed with Namor. I've got the Scarlet Witch so, over here too. If you get down the, the road and you, you look for something else to draw, Scarlet Witch, <laughs> great idea. That else is awesome though. That's badass. Oh, thank Very you. Cool. Yeah, did you see Michael Gadot? Uh, um, I don't know. If he, I, I don't. Yeah. Well, he's. You're absolutely right. It does look uh, like Sam. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was Holy saying that. Holy. That's Michael Gadot. And that's cool. Yeah, this, that's very. This is cool. a little wild. This is a little wild on that one. Oh, here I'll, I'll give you another sneak preview here. Um, oh, let's go. Let me see. I'm gonna to have to get it off the wall because I, I, have, I have to, uh, I have to kind of contemplate it in something I want to do. But you know, I was thinking, you know, you, you've seen a lot of cosplayers. Somebody did a yeah. cosplay of uh, mm-hmm. Elsa and Anna as the, the slave Leah costume. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But uh, so I did this. Like, you know, oh, this damn. is sort of sort of my. Now I don't know if that's the pose I want. It's, it's just a quick sketch idea that's kind of titanic ish right there i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) paint me like one of your french girls yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) very nice no i uh the reason i I draw women a lot is because i i was five years old drawing nude women i had those i mentioned earlier that well you mentioned mark davis a few times so i mark davis he's an icon to me Uh, yeah but but before Mark Davis, I knew uh, that Walter Foster's art books, and uh, you know, all, for some reason, I didn't buy them. They were in the house, and I think I think they were my dad's. I think because he he wanted an art career at one point. But um, but there was lots of 1940s pinup type models, and so I would just copy those. And um, but when I was a child, though, if I didn't get the face right, I failed in everything you know it's like the why does that why is she not as pretty as the drawing why does she not look she doesn't capture me but the drawing does so so i worked really hard from a, like a little that's weird huh that's kind of weird yeah i mean no if, that's if not a, that's like you, you discovered boy, you discovered something that you were passionate about as a child and i don't like think it's worked. weird at all I, it's yeah my, it's, it's you're very talented at it so that's well, thank you that's my 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 aunt had uh, Gilda playing on television, and I'm like, "Who's Gilda?" And I'm like, "That's oh, Rita Hayward." Oh my god! That was my first love in life, and it was it's <laughs> a good one. Kind of weird. I'm a little boy, and I'm looking at this girl, woman singing and dancing. Have you ever seen that scene, um, Sam? It's it's a it's a corny movie. It's really stupid, but but it's very dated. But but Rita Hayward was just an iconic lady. You know, clean, classy. You know, I wish our culture would turn back to the you know, ladies' long dresses. And anyway, that's just, I'm just old fashioned. 
but no, it's important for me to draw. I I, I do like um, drawing women, but you know something, um, you can't just do that because I, I do want to entertain children, and I can't just I can't be a pinup artist and and uh, you know if you know want. Uh, How did the know. baby Yoda turn out for your niece? You know, uh, actually, it's haven't molded it yet. Sadly, um, oh. COVID hit, and she didn't have the the prom. Um, so that's right. I, I, I discovered that my baby Yoda, um, my scale, I made him a little bigger than he should have, you know, a little than, than he should have, he should have been just a little smaller. So I'm going to redo it because I'm, I'm too picky. It's my fault. They're saying, we love it. Please, please give, give. They're like, no, it has to be. You're perfect. like, no, it's not ready yet. It's you are ready. your own worst critic, but I we am, thank but you so much for your time today. We've, we've taken so much of your time, but we appreciate you so much. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's been very joyful. Uh, Lewis, you're awesome. Sam, you're awesome. Sean, awesome. Sean, you're Thank okay. You I'm okay. I mean, I'm, yeah. Thank you for enjoying my art and time. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for sharing everything with us. Sean, do you want to lead us out? I will lead us out again, Gilbert. Again, two and a half hours you spent with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sam, thank you for setting this up. Lewis, I'm happy for you, brother, that you got to be a part of this because I know if anyone would appreciate this, it'd be you more than anyone else. So I appreciate you all. Gilbert, I appreciate you. Hang out when we're done here. I'm going to play a little outro and if they can, we can chat for a few more minutes. But I appreciate okay. you all so much. And from all of us here at Walt's apartment. Wait a minute. I said that wrong. We hope you enjoy the view from Walt's apartment. Good night, everyone, or good day, or good afternoon, or whatever it is for you. this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America, with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. <laughs>